Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers have an opponent for the second round. And man alive, is it a doozy. We'll do that next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, sometimes on weekends, particularly during extended playoff runs. It's always going to be free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang with upwards of 16,000 uh, Lakers and NBA subscribers all joining in to talk about uh, you know the playoffs, talk about LeBron, talk about LeBron, talk about LeBron, talk about Anthony Davis. Uh, just talk because uh, that's where you go to have the conversation with us, with each other, and all that. Do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match uh, up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Um, Andy, I've not done the historical research here. I cannot tell you if uh, there are 10 other series that exceed this or whatever. But I would find it hard to believe that uh, on a on a high profile, monumental, interest level, marquee matchup level, whatever, you cannot find a second round playoff matchup in the NBA that is bigger than this one. LeBron James, Anthony Davis versus Clay and Steph, two you know the the, the Warriors dynasty in the second round. This is a big one. The only things I could think of that I guess were in the ballpark, I'm not looking to debate them or whatever, mm -hmm. but just I think were pretty big when it came to early round marquee matchups. 2006 first round, Kobe's Lakers versus Steve Nash, 2006 two-time MVP. This was peak Kobe, and that ended up an absolutely epic series. And then 2008, Second round, LeBron versus the KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce Celtics. Okay. That ended, that ended up winning the whole thing that year. Mm -hmm. And there obviously had been a lot of hype about that team building a big three. But to your point, uh, there ain't many when it comes to matchups this early in the playoffs that at least jump out immediately as this you know, kind if you of want to tell me If you want to line up eight of them that are as big, Okay, I'll do that with you, and I'll I'll be there for you. But bigger, you know, whatever it's it, it's just hard to conceive of some that are that much bigger. And so we'll we'll get into a lot more of this, um, and we will uh, hopefully start you know get some preview uh, the the series ahead of Tuesday's game one. Of course, that will open up in San Francisco after the Warriors put a pretty impressive game together in Game Seven on the road to eliminate the Kings. I mean the Lakers. Um, winning at home uh, by 40 in game six. That was an impressive victory. The Warriors doing that in Sacramento, what they did on Sunday afternoon also. So, you know, teams coming in with some pretty good momentum coming off really uh, big victories. So that'll be be fun to watch and get some context there. But I, I, I do think it's important to not quite, you know, put the uh, the the Memphis series in the rearview mirror. Um 
the Lakers, by winning that game six, got themselves some badly needed rest ahead of this series. Um, I think they showed in that game six what they are capable of doing defensively. And I think one of the most fascinating parts of all of this is the way LeBron James, who I don't want to say discounted the Dylan Brooks stuff, but certainly wasn't wasn't interested in talking about it in a public way during the series, made a point of putting Dylan Brooks in his place when that series was over. Well, I mean, you remember during the series, there was that point where LeBron, before the game, uh, during all the warm-ups, went up to Dylan Brooks mm-hmm. and had a conversation, and he was asked, you know, if you, if you can, whatever you can reveal about this private conversation, what was said. LeBron didn't reveal what was said, but he corrected the reporter and said, this was not a private conversation, this was public. We did it in front of everybody. And without coming out and saying it, LeBron let it be known it was intentional. I wanted you all to see me speaking mm-hmm. with Dylan Brooks, but then uh, well, we the don't day- know what he said. So maybe they were, ex- you know, exchanging recipes. I'm not sure. I seriously doubt it. Um, but then afterwards, um, the next day after uh, Lakers Grizzlies was officially in the books, LeBron tweeted out these lyrics from Jay Z. Unlike you, little can't say it. I'm a grown-ass man, big shoes to feel, can't say it, grown-ass pants, probably hustled with your pops, go ask your parents, it's apparent you're staring at a legend who put a few little, can't say it, in the place (laughs) before trying to eat without saying grace before. And uh, what's interesting about that, Brian, is those are Jay-Z lyrics, and outside of just being like a, you know, I, I retweeted LeBron with a gift from that Simpsons of all the kids uh, watching that stomping and stop, stop. He's already dead. <laughs> like, I mean, it was just LeBron viciously going at. I mean, Dill Brooks this. had a rough like if, if I'm not we don't need to get sidetracked on this. But if you, if you are a Lakers fan who wants to relish in the potential misery of Dylan Brooks, and I know you're out there, <laughs> you know, um, go go look up what was talked about at, at exit interviews uh, on Sunday with the um, with the Grizzlies and where Dylan Brooks appears to stand with that organization um, in the way the same way that Austin Reeves has made himself a ton of money this offseason. He's making all the money that <laughs> Dylan Brooks has lost. Yeah, I, actually, it's funny. Remember when we did the uh, series preview? with um, the Locked On Grizzlies guys, I had actually asked them about a tweet I sent out in March mm-hmm. um, after Dylan Brooks's 18th technical second suspension when I, I tweeted out at Cam Brothers just wondering if Dylan Brooks was costing himself potential free agency money because he's just on the cusp of being good enough or not being good enough to be worth all of the hassle, like just on the border, because at his best, he is legitimately a very good defender, but he can be an absolute train wreck offensively. And in the meantime, there's just all the antics. Mm-hmm. And this was something I brought up in March, much, you know, much less before all this bleep took place. But what's funny though about that uh, is a Dylan Brooks at the exit interviews, just referencing what you were talking about, was asked if he regretted, you know, poking the bear with LeBron. He said, 
no, it, you know, it's just, it's who he is. It's who he's going to be, but also quote, at the end of the day, it's just competition. It's competing. And most people are scared to compete. And that's why they get rattled or feel some type of way when I play against them, sir, <laughs> you're not rattling any, like, are you still like at this point, he's a method actor who forget must get into character. He can't get out of character. Because he actually is believing the script that he wrote. Uh, it's it's delusional. This I think it's just this. It, it, look, NBA Twitter is a brutal place. You know, social media can be a brutal place, and he has been at the wrong end of it since basically game one. Uh, and it is you know, and not, and not just because you know LeBron, but like his own performance was so bad. I mean, he had a really bad series. And so, you know, but anyway, like it, again, well, the, the point is not to, you know, to, uh, I'm just, I, I only mention it because if you are a person again, who wants to relish in the, in the misery, uh, potential misery of Dylan Brooks after that, and you're a Lakers fan who wants to kind of twist the knife a little bit, you can't. Well, I, I do though want to bring everything full circle though, because with LeBron throwing out those Jay-Z lyrics beyond the whole, just, mm -hmm. you know. The, the meme of the guys, you know, standing in front of the the funeral service, you know, wanting to be there when his when his haters are buried. Um, him quoting specifically Jay Z lyrics brings us back full circle to a few years ago. Remember Deshaun Stevenson ahead of a series with LeBron uh, referred to then Miami Heat uh, player LeBron James as overrated. LeBron was then asked about it and said that uh, issuing a response to Deshaun Stevenson would be like Jay-Z responding to a diss from Soldier Boy, who it turns out was actually friends with Deshaun Stevenson. And that led to Jay-Z dissing Deshaun Stevenson in one of his own songs. So I thought it was actually pretty clever that he went back to Jay-Z after somebody he'd be going up against questioned his own skills it's like it, it was just like art imitating life imitating art imitating life do you remember yeah. by the way uh brian deshaun stevenson the fun quirk about him mm. no that's lance stevenson oh right sorry right <laughs> no, i got oh, my stevenson deshaun stevenson abe lincoln neck oh abe lincoln neck tat that's right i forgot about the abe lincoln neck tat yep <laughs> I cannot yeah, think of anything that would want me to get into a fight with a person less than seeing that my potential opponent has an Abe Lincoln neck tat. <laughs> any, frankly, any kind of neck tat instantly says that you are way tougher than me because that cannot be an easy place to get a tattoo. But an Abe Lincoln neck tat, I'm not, I'm not messing with that. I'm just yeah. not doing that. Yeah, look, there, there's more to this, though, I think that that is interesting. Obviously, we'll, we'll start talking about the second round here as well. But I think, you know, where LeBron is and what LeBron um, is capable of and what motivates LeBron is directly relevant to how far the Lakers theoretically can go in these in this postseason, uh, whether it's through this round or into a Western Conference final. And so I think there's there's more to be said about both this response um, and then a really interesting thing that a uh, great NBA writer, uh, uh, Tom Ziller, wrote in his um, newsletter, which everybody should subscribe to, subscribe to his Substack um, that I pulled that I think is, is kind of echoes a talking point that we had been getting into earlier in the playoffs. And I want to bring that back around for today. So we'll do all that next.
Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks and Laker fans. If you haven't signed up for Prize Picks, you're missing out on Daily Fantasy Made Easy and the $1 million Daily Superflex promotion. Every day of the NBA playoffs, one Prize Picks user will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time will be randomly selected each day, and whoever placed that entry will be given a six pick flex with the following payouts six correct picks, $1 million, five correct picks. $80,000 for correct picks, 16 grand. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com backslash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million dollar entry. And once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal and you could be a lucky winner. And you should be playing anyway because Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. They offer superstar players, bench players. Just pick two to six players and predict whether they will notch more or less than the prize pick stats projections, and you can win up to 25 times your money. And prize picks offers projections on everything from MLB to the NHL playoffs to cricket. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Safe, fast withdrawals. Download the prize picks app or go to pricepicks.com. Sign up, play daily fantasy sports, and first time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. Don't forget that promo code again, locked on at the sign up for the instant match. If you're not playing prize picks, you don't know what you're missing. So a couple of the things that I think are really interesting about um, about this tweet and the sort of clap back from LeBron that he sent out after um, the series was over, it's that like, first of all, I think he clearly hears and is aware of, and I think motivated by this question of what he has left to give at this period. You know, he's old. He, I can get him go left. He's not, as, you know, I don't respect him, this and that, whatever. You know, the, that it was coming from Dylan Brooks, I think, is part of what, annoyed, like LeBron James, you know, respects the people that he's going to see in this series, for example, significantly more than he respects Dylan Brooks. Um, but I also think there's sort of the base credit, you know, the base thing that, that Brooks was knocking on is something that LeBron is very aware of and motivated by to a, to a, a good degree, um, which is why he sent that thing back out. It's like, I hear you. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm bigger than this for the series. Cause I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to get unfocused by it. I'm not going to change how I play, but you know, until you have something a little better to bring, remember who you're talking to. Um, I don't think that stops going forward. I think this is something that he really does want to show that he is still very capable of doing. You know, well, it does. It's guy in the playoffs. Well, it also doesn't stop because, honestly speaking, it is an issue. Mm -hmm. And I, I think LeBron knows it's an issue. I don't think he thinks of it as an issue that can't be overcome. Mm -hmm. But look, LeBron has admitted many times this season that he's been tired. And that's always the moment when you know a superstar is feeling it because, you know, we typically these guys never concede any kind of weakness, any kind of weakness. LeBron has conceded exhaustion many times this year because he's in season 20 and has a billion miles on the odometer. It would be impossible 
not to feel yeah, this nobody way would believe him. And he, right, he doesn't feel the need to lie. And I, but I see that's the thing. But I also think the reason he is so, the reason, part of the reason he hasn't slipped into Pat Bev performative mode or like Dylan about this thing is because he knows, he believes ultimately that, yes, I am tired now, but don't worry. I'll be there for game. I'll be there for game. So, you, so after game six, I'm tired. Or game five, yeah, I'm tired. Don't worry about game six. You know, and 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 he played very well in game six. You know, very yeah. efficient. Um, got got the Lakers off to a very strong start. Um, you know, was active early in the game. Got to the rim, hit a couple three pointers, all that stuff. He played a really good game. Um, but it it gets to the you know I, I mentioned Ziller. Um, he had a, a little a line in there when he was talking about the Lakers winning that game. This was before we knew who they were going to play, but it didn't matter. Um, the Lakers win the series 4-2 with LeBron playing at like a 70% playoff LeBron level. Maybe that's all we get at age 38 and more mileage than any NBA player in history outside of the bubble environment. And that's sort of the, the, the framing of this. Like I, I think everybody... Like there is, that's the kind of the crux of what you're getting at is that lingering question of what is playoff LeBron now? Is playoff LeBron different in a series where he's got to go back and forth to Memphis a bunch of times? You know, where they, you know, then it would be when the travel is just going to be inside California, you know, an hour long flight to San Francisco. Like, does that change it? But then this time they're playing every other day in this series. So the, the cadence is a little bit different than it was in the Memphis series. I, I I am completely fascinated by it because I think if LeBron can help the Lakers go on an extended playoff run, even if it's not he is the catalyst in the same way he was in Cleveland, for example, um, you can put this in with the most impressive things that he's done because he's in year 20 and because he's got all that mileage. During the season when, when the Lakers were fighting to get themselves just in a position where they could get themselves in the playoff mix. There was always that school of thought that, okay, if they can just get in, we know that LeBron has another gear that he can shift to in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And my response to that was always, do we? Do we actually know? Because other than 2020, where they had a three-month layoff because of the pandemic before everybody entered the bubble in Orlando – 2018 was the last time he had been on an extended playoff run mm -hmm. because 2019, they didn't make the playoffs. 2020 was unusual. 2021, they were out early. 2022, didn't make the playoffs. And then here we are now. Five years a lot ago. happened in four years. Five, five, years, years, ago a, yeah. five years ago is a long time. And the idea that it's just a given that LeBron can do this, I'm not saying that he can't summon that for just like another couple months, find a way to do it. You know, he's going to work with the absolute best people. LeBron's really been like groundbreaking, I think, in the way he takes care of his mm -hmm. body. But the idea that we know he can do this or that there isn't a wall there for him to eventually hit, no matter what he does, I, I can't say with confidence that I believe it isn't there even while I'm not discounting the idea that he could do it. I'm not I discounting just wanted, it. I'm just not automatically buying right. into it. And I, and I wonder what elevating looks like because like there's, there's so much in this like 
uh, in, in this, like, given what he did in the regular season, given what, like, does that mean he's got to average like 35 a night? Well, hopefully not because AD is there. Um, you know, does he, you know, what, what does it look like? And I mean, I honestly, if he's maintaining that sort of 26, 27 a night, we, you know, on, on 50% shooting and, you know, the turnovers are low and he's engaged on defense like that, that as a playoff LeBron, I think would be still pretty remarkable. I, 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 aging athletes are kind of inherently aging elite athletes like this, especially are inherently interesting. Like, because, you know, so much of what makes you successful is based on just age. It's, you know, it is, it, you know, father time and, you know, the cliches and everything, but he is undefeated. He comes for everyone eventually. Um, LeBron is putting this off in ways that are unprecedented. Um, and that's, you know, nobody really, you know, Kareem was older um, when the Lakers were making their runs. Um, you know, he's, but, you know, you know, was surrounded by tremendous amounts of talent, particularly as that, you know, Showtime era went on. By the end of it, at least, Kareem wasn't carrying those Lakers teams. Um, and LeBron is still looked at as someone who is at the center of all of it, carrying a team, the focal point of a team and whatever. And obviously, Anthony Davis is someone we're going to get into and, in, you know, what he did in, in round one needs to continue in round two in whatever form that looks like against a different opponent. But, you know, you talk about LeBron. LeBron would be fascinating by itself against any team in the second round. Going back to the Warriors, that rivalry, redoing it again in the Western Conference this time, um, you know, is only makes it better. It'll be fun, man. I mean, like, the, you don't get many more opportunities just at stuff like this where it's not just it's not just incredible like one of a kind generational talents going up against each other it's one of a kind generational talents going up against each other with history okay let's let's stick on this for a second because when there was a really common question that lakers fans were asking is like, who did you want to play in the, in the next round you know game seven was not a foregone conclusion who was going to win that game it was very again a very impressive performance by golden state particularly steph curry um and my answer to that was mixed in a lot of different ways so let's talk about that next so, I mean, who, who, before I, I, I had my opinion on this, but who did you quote unquote want for the Lakers in this round? Honestly, I, I went back and forth. I really had no idea in part because there's not a ton to go on. Mm -hmm. Like the Lakers this season are one in three against the Kings, but all four of those games took place before the trade deadline. So in that sense, they don't matter at all. Right. Um, and then the Warriors, the, the Lakers are three and one against them this year, but one and in term and all three of the games that they won took place after the deadline. But one of them was with no Steph, granted also no LeBron. One of them was no Steph and Andrew Wiggins. And then the third one was no Wiggins, although that one also had no LeBron, no Russell, which obviously lets you know the Lakers can play with the Warriors. But as far as figuring out how a series would play out, because a series is much different than just individual games. You don't have a lot to go on either way, like trying to figure this out. It's one of the things I find really intriguing about this, this series with the Warriors is 
even with the recency of these games, because they played like three times in two weeks, it was a weird scheduling quirk, and they were all after the deadline. The truth is we have not seen what it looks like with both of these teams at full strength in a way that you can and, imagine and how a series well. unfolds. Right, and playing well, because the Warriors yeah. were all over the place, but they went in and won two games. You know, the, 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 the knock on the Warriors all year long was that they couldn't win on the road. Well, they just went into one a very difficult place um, to play and 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 won twice, didn't they? They won two games in Sacramento, I thought, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and so, like that ain't easy. So, so kudos to them for that. Uh, and I just I, I think you know it's it, it, nothing. You know, the Lakers, like you say, are a completely different team. And so, what you're getting at is sort of the two. There are two ways to look at this. Like, which team it would be easier for the Lakers to beat. And I think as much as I love watching the Kings this year and really happy for Mike Brown, happy for Sacramento, I think it is, you know, the, the NBA, the, the Western Conference, Pacific Division, like the, it's, it's, it's a more fun place when Sacramento is good because yeah. the idea of the Lakers and Kings rekindling that rivalry in meaningful games, I think is something that is like really cool from a basketball fan standpoint. Um, and I just felt like the Lakers would have a little bit of an easier time with Sacramento, in part because you know Demontis Sabonis is is a lot of things, but a strong interior presence he is not. Um, nope. You know, I, I just feel like Anthony Davis playing the way he is right now could do some just wreak havoc uh, in a series against Sacramento the way he's doing. So more potentially differently than he could against Golden State. We'll get into all that. Um, so but as a basketball fan, though, I really wanted to see LeBron and Steph. I wanted to see one more series of those guys. Because yeah. like you said, in the, going into the break, and you put it perfectly, none of these things are guaranteed. How many years were we guaranteed Kobe versus LeBron in the finals. You know, some kind of meaningful series between them. Never Those happened. puppets lied to us. Those Nike puppets. Every single time they were on television, they lied. They were lying puppets. But that's the but that is how sure everybody seemed at the time that this was inevitable. Like I remember you and, and I LeBron's taking responsibility by the way for losing that Orlando series um to keep that from happening. But point is it didn't happen. And like so well, I mean, I feel like people the, the were Kings, I feel like aren't going anywhere. Like they'll be but like, I don't know if this could happen again. Like you're talking about teams where they're older, players that are older. Um, and you I mean, got there's take, questions. You see it when you can. Look, man, there's questions about what Golden State's going to look like next year. Yeah. And you know, those maybe those questions got a little bit alleviated by the Warriors, you know, at least going around in the playoffs. They certainly would have been a lot more magnified if Sacramento had won. But truth be told, if they go out in the second round against a Lakers team that, you know, while vastly improved after the trade deadline, still has vulnerabilities of their own, you know, they have to be thinking about, you know, how much further can can we ride this thing out? You know, there are the questions involving Draymond. There's questions involving Clay Thompson. Or, you know, like just the, 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 yeah, I mean, however it is. And, you know, Steph put up 50. I mean, if you missed it, Steph put up 50 points on Sunday. He was 20 of 38. He was the reason they won that game by a, a long shot. Clay was off all game four of 19. Draymond, who sometimes still musters up kind of 
surprisingly good offensive performances when the when the Warriors really need him. Um, but you know they didn't really on on Sunday. But you know, Poole was three of nine. Clay was four of nineteen. Wiggins was five of sixteen. They won that game because Steph Curry put up fifty. Well, that and, and Kevon Looney had twenty-one rebounds, ten right. of them offensive. That kept creating. And, and Kevon Looney is one of the reasons that I, w- I am more frightened of the Warriors than I am of the Kings in terms of just an individual matchup. He um, has we'll, been, we'll get way deeper into this for for Tuesday's show ahead of Game One. Um, he's been incredible for them this year. And, he's been incredible. And unlike a matchup with Jaron Jackson Jr., Kevon Looney's got nothing better to do than just kind of run around with Anthony Davis, keep him off the glass, make his life difficult inside. All that. Like that's that's enough for Kevon Looney. That they don't need him to do anything else. That is his job. Um, and he's really good at it. Um, mm-hmm. so you know, in, in in a series, so we'll see how that goes. But I just Steph Curry is still elite lebron still elite anthony davis is still elite that that warriors team together you know it when they're on is still something to behold and i wanted to see it you know i love the kings i'm happy for mike brown this is the series that as a fan i wanted to see even though i think there is a greater chance the lakers would lose to the Warriors than they would to the Kings. Yeah. I mean, there is just in terms of experience, in terms of, I think, coaching, you know, Mike Brown deserved coach of the year. He won unanimously. It was, it had felt since around March that that was basically Mm -hmm. his award, not even to lose, just his award to wait out until he was eventually given it. But Steve Kerr is on a different level. And I think, Mike Brown would be well, not the first if you not if you watch online Warriors Twitter. No, uh, I, I mean alive. They I, this and we'll we'll talk about this. You know, as the series goes, I, I find that dynamic fascinating. But anyway, go on. He he's nonetheless he is a really great coach who has been through every single possible experience, and that you know that is something that I'm sure is going to frighten a lot of Laker fans. Because Darvin Ham, while I thought he did a fantastic job pushing buttons in game six, and I think Darvin deserved as much praise as all eight of the rotation guys who played the minutes that mattered in mm-hmm. that game six closeout. I think Darvin Ham deserved all the praise as well because I think he made a lot of terrific moves, whether you're talking about the rotation whether you're talking about certain strategies against John, Desmond Bain, and defensively, all that stuff, it's still much easier to believe that he will get outcoached by Steve Kerr versus him outcoaching Steve Kerr. And look, it may happen that Darvin Ham has a better series than Steve Kerr. It may end up happening that the Lakers, you know, ultimately the guys on the floor – Right. Carry the most weight Steve, with this. Part, stuff. That's part of it. Like, you know, I don't know if Mike Brown did anything wrong in Game Seven. Steph no, put up clearly. fifty. Kevon Looney put up twenty. You know, the the players on the floor. I watched that. That, that. that was not a great performance. You know, Sabonis was terrible in the second half. Like it just, and that happens sometimes. And I think you know, Darvin Ham coached great series and pull the right strings and hit the right buttons and and all that, and the Lakers could still lose. Same sure. thing with Steve Kerr. 
Um, but yeah, he is a reason, you know, and then there's just, you know, when, when guys like Steph or clay or whatever, in the same way that LeBron and AD can go nuclear and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Um, when Steph, Steph particularly though, is because he can do it from anywhere and needs the ball for a quarter of a second for his, and is constantly right. Like the threat of Steph is a different deal than the threat of LeBron or the threat of AD and all that. So yeah, they're just a scarier team to me. But There's man. nobody in the league that bends defenses no, likes more and as uniquely as Steph Curry. Yeah, it's a scarier series. It is the more fun series to me. And we will we will go deep starting tomorrow, uh, getting ready for it. We'll try to get some 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 guests to preview it, get some scouting reports together. But either way, uh, a lot of great content coming up throughout the series. Every other day, quick series, uh, fast cadence, and the Lakers going into San Francisco for games one and two. Uh, a, a challenging place to win basketball games, to say the least. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show. Uh, leave comments, leave questions, anything you might want answered during the series. We'll, we'll try to get into it. Um, and we will see everybody on Tuesday.